Hi, I'm Jason Pritchard, and welcome to the EVTOR Insights Podcast, a brilliant show featuring guests from companies in the EVTOR aircraft and urban air mobility markets. Throughout each episode, we'll be finding out about their exciting projects, which will help revolutionise the way we travel in future and get their insights into the current state of the industry. In this episode, I'm joined by Adam Berkey, co-founder and CEO of Guardian Ag. Guardian Ag develops autonomous EV toll systems for sustainable farming on a commercial scale. Its mission is to provide every grower access to safe, effective and precise aerial application, empowering farmers to refine their chemical use and grow more with less. So Adam, thank you so much for joining me on the EV Toll Insights podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. My pleasure, Adam. So if I could start from the beginning, please, are you able to tell us a bit more then about your background and what led you to start up Guardian Ag? In short, it's in my blood. My my father is a, an aviation entrepreneur. I grew up in an air ambulance business, uh, growing up in, in South Florida, helping people get where they need to go in, in tough circumstances quickly all over the Caribbean, the East Coast and around the world. And so we grew up in and around airports and with a lifelong fascination of, of aircraft and the, the culture of aviation. And being so uh, technically minded, you know, my, my father was first and my family was very on the business side. And I just loved the machines. Every time I could see a cover taken off of an engine cowling or anything, I was, I was right there. And I, uh, through, through competing in, in robotic sport, like BattleBots and Robot Wars, I discovered that I had real technical talent. And that technical talent uh, led me uh, up to Boston, where I could find uh, really strong mentors to hone my technical skills, working in electric vehicle powertrains, advanced robotics, uh, teaching those things I love to teach. And um, things really circled back, looking at the EV toll landscape and, and being such a, um, an evangelist of electric powertrains my whole life. And having a, a, that deep love for aviation, understanding the, the what battery electric systems were great at, what they're bad at, where they could be applied. And, and it kind of came back to me in my, my early days in, in Miami in our aviation business, many of our pilots would go to South America to go and spray. And I had already always really known about this application and kind of rediscovering it with the EV toll lens, learning more about the industry, how things line up. The dominoes started to fall and the, and the opportunity presented itself. And with myself and the team I was able to assemble in Boston, we, we tackled it. And that's really how it how it started. And with the tailwind of this not being new, and how in the East, not the Eastern United States, I'm talking about in, in China and India, this unmanned aerial application is, is just already a required technology to grow crops. DJI and XAG are, are massive market movers, moving huge numbers of systems, and thinking about why that doesn't work in the West, and we're addressing basically that problem. Excellent. Thanks ever so much for that, Adam. I'm, I'm really looking forward then to hearing more about Guardian Ag. So, as I mentioned at the start, develops autonomous EV toll systems for that sustainable farming on that commercial scale. But are you able to tell us more about your mission? As you said in your introduction, it's great to hear how passionate you are about sort of aviation, EV toll systems, and the work you did uh, with your family. But with Guardian Ag, it, it seems like you're really sort of uh, looking to really change the shape of sustainable farming. So, yeah, would you tell us more about that, please? 
The first is just that it's just an unfortunate reality that uh, agriculture is by technologists, a, a, we're not making the investments that we need to. These are major societal problems that we need to dramatically do more with less, increase yields to, to feed the ever-growing population and, and not just food, but also in energy, right? And a lot of our energy comes from crops that we grow. And so just first the societal problem that needs to be addressed. And our, our, our real mission is make that happen in a reasonable way. And it's not just the savings from the electrification, it's the trying to capture the true aim of crop protection. And, and we can get into this more on the agricultural side, but really that, that droplet control, what's being applied, how is it being applied, making it easy, transparent, and accurate is really, is really what, what our customers are looking for. Um, obviously also benefiting from lower CapEx and really fantastic OpEx for them to make money while doing so. Um, and it and it's that like the a core these digging into our I'll dig into the product a little bit for the I'm sure the the EVTOL uh, listeners want to get technical so I'd love to get technical for a minute and then I'll get wider in the context. Um, a core tenet of our business is that battery electric systems suffer in high depth of discharge applications, and so in any other EVTOL system you're really looking at two main metrics: how much can it carry and how far can it fly. Right. Those are the, the, the big two eVTOL architectural you know, targets. In the ag side, it's, that's not the case at all. In the, on the ag side, it's how many acres can I spray in a day? And so it's, 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 it's a low depth of discharge, but high cycle count activity. For instance, in the SC1, an average flight time may be only three or four minutes. And then we're back on the ground for a minute and a half to supercharge that thing in about as much time as it takes to refill the tank and you're out again. And you can do one or five acres on that flight depending on the volume applied per acre. And so that type of regular back-to-back -back use case is actually what batteries are very good at. So it's a, it's a I, I love our opportunity also because the, the mission profile just suits the technology very well. And we don't need to really stretch physics or wait for batteries to get 10% better. This is an actionable market today. And in that market, we're getting so much demand because that landscape of around 3,000 or so aerial application pilots in the United States, the average age is in their you know, late 50s, early 60s. And the real unfortunate uh, statistic is that the fatality rate in that, in that 137 operation is in the 1.2, 1.4 pilots per month due to human error. It's just a really dangerous segment. And the ultimate quality of spraying that the farmers get is not ideal. So that's that's really the mission is to solve that set of problems. And, and that's how we're doing it. It's great then to see that Guardian Ag and you mentioned the SC1 is really and effectively going to shape the way that uh, sustainable farmers will, will work in the, in the future as well. And I think you mentioned with the fatality rate as well, that can only be a good thing if we're using the EVTOR technology to make it better and to effectively save more lives as well. I understand that Guardian Ag was sort of set off on its journey back in 2017, but we'll talk a bit more then about the SC1 later, but are you able to tell us a bit more about your journey so far and really any key highlights along the way? Um, it must be sort of a really exciting time as we're seeing that technology mature. Absolutely. I mean, as, as an entrepreneur, you wake up every day and you just think about risk. And my three were the, the technology risk, the market risk, and the regulatory risk. On the technology side, that's really where we wanted to prove out first. 
the, the product side. And so it was very important for us to get uh, early customer representatives in, or, in you know, right, right away in the, on the founding of the company. Um, so there's a group out in California called Wilbur Ellis that's been our customer in our year. They're the largest aerial application fleet, I think, in the world, certainly in the United States. And honing in the product and learning really all the fine details about the mission was, was critical to make sure we're building the right thing. Right? That's, that's really a key risk that technologists have. Are you building the right thing? Are you spending too much time in the lab? Uh, and are you willing to be vulnerable enough to actually bring your machine out in the field and let mother nature and physics guide your product development? That's something we have a real cultural emphasis on at Guardian is if you if you feel comfortable by the time you ship, you've waited far too long. <laughs> ship while you're still uncomfortable because your assumptions are certainly wrong. And, and so that's what we've done. And we're on we're on generation five of that cycle to the point where our customers are, are eager to accept delivery of the machine. So the technology risk is now finally complete. The market risk, I mentioned our, our order book, we have uh, around $100 million of, of orders, uh, letters of intent on orders, uh, much more than that, with no sales force. This is a heavily supply constrained industry, which is just a tailwind and, and an indication that we're solving a real problem. There's no need to force sales here. People are moving. Uh, from the outsourced pilots buying a DJI or an XAG, running it themselves and realizing that they just can't get the work they need done and need a system that's far more capable, but love the concept and they find Guardian. And the last, the biggest news is our is the, the regulatory news where the regulators are willing to work with us and understand that our concept of operations is is really sane. You know, it's it's a it's a crawl, walk, run where it makes a lot of sense to start in unpopulated private environments going relatively low, relatively slow, and bring this eVTOL system to bear in, in a bit of a more crawl, walk, run, and in a not limiting way in a market that's you know, enormous. So that's those are really the milestones and highlights that I think about. And even still, um, the, the next major phase for us is execution risk. Now the, with the technology, the market, and the regulatory risks ameliorated, the real question now is, are we going to trip over our own feet or can we hire up a team that can really excel? I mean, we've, we've recently brought on Maturoni from Tesla and formerly Beta as our VP of manufacturing. We're, we're building up the manufacturing muscle as quickly as we can. And the, the FAA approvals like caught us off guard. And so now we're, um, we'll have some exciting growth announcements coming up in the next few months. But it's really that. The remainder of the risk is execution risk. Would you be able to tell us then a bit more detail about the SC1? What what can you tell us about it? And then I'd love to go into a bit more detail about that recent announcement that Guardian Ag made with the FAA. The SC1 stands for Specialty Crops Model 1. And so it's a, it's a system built from a blank sheet of paper driving towards efficient frontiers for the agricultural use case. If you look at the equipment generally applied in Part 137 operations, which is the, the aerial spraying type of operation. It's largely a retrofit market. You have a helicopter, you add a spray boom. You have a fixed wing, you add a tank and a spray boom. And so there, it's an it's a an industry of, of compromise. By taking the pilot out of the loop, um, by by abstracting that pilot to software, we were able to get through FAA and build a machine that really was designed from the ground up for that job, and focusing on the customer's unit economics. We never, 
we, we basically built the system as if we were going to run the machines commercially ourselves. That's not our business model, but we need to be able to understand that as organically as our customers do. And so it's, it's all built around that, every aspect of the system. The aircraft, of course, is the eye-catching part, but the aircraft is responsible for getting one cycle done. And that one cycle is you load up the tank, you go and apply and come back. But it's really the ground system and the power source and the charging and all of that that gets the job done, gets the field done, covers the farm well. And so it's that, that full system integration approach is really what you need to get the job done. And it's all <clears throat> built <clears throat> working backwards from getting that job done. So it's a, uh, the, the base specs is that it's a uh, unmanned aircraft <clears throat> in around a, in the 50 horsepower range all up. Uh, weighs about 500 pounds, road legal width, that can be supercharged at around 60 kilowatts. And it's just built to just be out in the field all day long. It's an interesting kind of cultural uh, emphasis in building the aircraft because in many ways, we don't want the product to have a lot of aviation DNA. It's sort of this hybrid of, yes, it flies, but it's also farm equipment. I mean, if you take a look at the SC-1, you'll see some obvious inspiration. But it's not just in aesthetics, it's also in this thing needs to get survived being banged up on a truck on the, on a, on a back of an open trailer for a long time. It needs to be able to withstand sort of the, the rigors of the agricultural environment. So it's, it's really built in a motorcycle, aviation, Polaris side-by-side, -side, ATV toughness, all, but also aircraft, if that makes sense. It's a really interesting problem to solve because you're pulling in sort of design aesthetics and cultures and methodologies from all these various industries. It was the FAA authorizing uh, the SC-1 to operate in the US. Now, are you able to tell us more about this milestone, what it means for the industry, but also I'd love to um, get your thoughts and a bit of context, as I know we spoke before we came on the podcast, about FAA Part 137, as I know most of the aircraft, or for the eVTOL aircraft, sorry, are going down the Part 135 route. So I'd love to sort of, I know there's quite a lot of questions in that really, but the significance of that FAA announcement, if possible, and then um, what that then means for the industry and then if possible a little bit of context from that part uh, 137 if, if possible because I think I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. The first thing I'll say is just a memory that I'll have for the rest of my life which is the incredible honor and joy in pulling the experimental stickers off of our fleet. There is just we're the first to do so and I hope not the last, but I will say for all of the other EPTOL companies out there, keep going. It will happen. <laughs> and, and it feels great. <laughs> we've, we've had special airworthiness certification for some time to go and operate, but to go full commercial is something else. And so that's just one, one piece. It's, it's an incredible amount of work. This isn't something that you just file for and go, this is deep working with regulators for years and years. And it, when, when something like that, talk about delayed gratification, I mean, my gosh, but, uh, but, but what it means is Guardian and its customers can accept delivery of the aircraft and add those aircraft to their part 137 and operate commercially as if they were running an air tractor, which is a, a spraying plane, an R44, or a, a small tractor. And really, that's the market where we're not so much looking to replace airplanes and helicopters in the in the eVTOL world it's it's 
um, it's maybe unusual to replace ground equipment, but that's really our, our task is it's, we're more suited to replace a, a tractor. And, and, and it wasn't just the aircraft that was authorized here. It's important that it's the concept of operations. It's the approach to safety. It's the operational risk assessment. What mitigations are in place? What is the flight safety system like? And the training side, our training uh, is, is durable enough and we were able to work with the regulators to make it so that you do not need a commercial pilot's license to operate the SC-1 commercially. That's a huge deal. You need a part 107 and basically guardian training, which is maybe two weeks. And that opens up a tremendous labor pool to offer this aerial application service that American farmers need desperately. And, and there are a lot of industry enabling uh, pieces here. And it's not just the, the authorization. I will say the more important part is Guardian's participation with the FAA in the integration partnership. So the FAA has a program called the IPA uh, that basically is a public announcement and a contract made with the FAA that we together, uh, industry partners in the FAA, really are set the bar for the industry. And it's important to us while this industry is still in its infancy to set the bar extremely high on safety. When you start thinking about larger and larger machines, you can't just take the consumer electronics, Costco and Best Buy style of electronics architecture and approach to safety for these industrial scale machines. But we also don't think that it's appropriate to go all the way to a 737. Like what, but where in that spectrum is appropriate? Right. And th those are some of the bars, the bars on training, the bars on engineering rigor, all of those together. That's that's the industry building stuff. What impact then can EVTOR technology and in particular the SC1 have on the farming community going forward? I think we touched upon it a little bit in the podcast, but the um, the challenges that current farmers have now and then what that could look like in the next couple of years when the SC1 is commercial um, and we've, we're getting those uh, farmers are getting hands on on the equipment. If you talk to any agronomist and you ask them, all else equal, how much would you apply onto your, onto your crops from the ground or from the air, all, all else equal? And in doing our market research, we, we were surprised. We thought that we would hear 50-50, 70-30. But the resounding answer from the agronomist, from all of the agricultural equipment companies, for everyone who cares for an acre, the answer is zero. I would never apply from the ground. There are serious concerns about ground compaction, disease spread, wear and tear on the machines, the machinery cost per acre of output. It's just not there. And so the, the aerial application market size right now is tremendously held back by the difficulty of, of labor and availability. There's, it's, we're talking about five years of training before people generally get a seat to go and apply. The, the barriers of entry to, to this are just so huge. And so that's we're really ignoring that. And our market is the, the general crop protection market, as we're already seeing people move away, not buy the new $700,000 John Deere, and instead are buying the $300,000 SC1. We're seeing that time and time again. So it's really a, a shift away, a, a platform shift entirely. What then um, is the roadmap then going forward? Um, what would you say it would look like in the next three to five years? And again, you touched upon it in one of your previous answers about the manufacturing and the scaling up. So that's a real key part of sort of um, meeting the demands, I imagine, for uh, crop farmers who want to get their hands on the SC1 sooner rather than later. But are you able to share us, if possible, a bit more detail as to what the next three to five years looks like at Guardian Ag? 
Well, step one is to scale manufacturing. We're, we're outside of Boston. We're lucky to, uh, to take over uh, an existing aviation footprint. Guardian is, is, uh, is an, an urban air mobility early pioneer, Terra Fugia, that was bought by Geely. They pumped a huge amount of money into this facility, and we're so proud to have, to have taken it over and be in this, in this historic building. And uh, we think we can scale manufacturing quite aggressively in that footprint. But just hitting the gas on that American manufacturing, we're, we're proud to be building things in the United States and we want to expand that. The products will evolve in autonomous capability, but also in, in service. When you look at the, the mission profiles of various types of aerial application and the efficient frontiers in battery sizing, what commodity industries can we piggyback off of? You know, Guardian's position is that true innovation more often comes from the clever use of commodity technology rather than being on the on the cutting edge or the bleeding edge. There are often major downsides of being at the cutting edge. And so it's more that that clever use of, it, of commodity tech that we go for. And when you line all of that up, another sweet spot appears for a larger system. And we'll, we'll release some details about that as, as time goes on. Perfect. Thanks so much, Adam. Again, looking forward to hearing those developments as and when they come around as well. Now, you mentioned them um, earlier again in our conversation, Wilbur Ellis, an early investor in Guardian Ag. I understand that they will first deploy the tech in Salinas Valley in California this year. Um, are you able to tell us a bit more about this partnership? It must be really exciting um, that the, the tech is going to be used in, in California, and I can imagine will make such a huge difference to, to them as well. I can't believe how lucky we are with a partner like Wilbur Ellis. Wilbur Ellis as an organization, one of the largest private companies in the United States. They are really boots on the ground, rooted in reality, and are just so dedicated to helping growers achieve their objectives. It's, it, it, it's, it's ruthless and beautiful. And that type of partner early on, like I mentioned, that, that customer in our ear, that, that professional uh, commitment and early adopting and pushing forwards and I, I, yeah, we're just so lucky to have to have Mike Wilbur and the entire team with us in this journey. Uh, they are uh, they're the muscle behind behind what's going to happen. The, the American farmers will first see Guardian aircraft arrive on their air, on their acres when they book application services through Wilbur Ellis. For those who don't know, Wilbur Ellis is a um, almost nationwide agrochemical retailer. So if you're a grower and you have some problem, let's say there's some new type of bug in your sugar beets, you take a picture of that bug, you go down to the brick and mortar store, there's an agronomist on site often, and they'll help you basically write the prescription and say, oh yeah, we know this issue. We recommend you spray this product. This is the most environmentally friendly way to do it. Um, and go out to the checkout desk and when you're paying, and say, oh, would you like to book application service as well? It's often done by the retailers and there, there are around 400 or so uh, brick and mortar stores, maybe a little less if I remember correctly. Uh, and that's our, our service muscle and that's how growers will, will get access to the technology, buying it as a service through these chemical retailers. And that is just such a tailwind for us to have this, the, the best in the business is clamoring for the product and we're, we're just so lucky. Excellent. Thanks ever so much for that, Adam. Um, 
really enjoyed our conversation just coming to the end of what's been a really interesting discussion about everything you're doing with Guardian Ag but also the exciting developments in the future um, are you able to sort of share any final thoughts anything that you felt that we've not previously discussed or even anything that you wanted to mention to our audience that you haven't already said one is just the the indus- the strategy we're taking it's, it's amazing to us in this agricultural space while we're totally a pure play doubling down in this agricultural environment it really does seem to us that even if our goal was to move people or cargo, it makes a lot of sense to start in agriculture. If you look about, if you think about how self-driving vehicles are changing the world, it's easy to forget that the major way they've already changed the world is auto steer and tractors. And John Deere demonstrated a self-driving tractor, I think in 1996. And agriculture has a long, rich history of being a first go-to-market for new technology. And we're excited to be a part of that. And, and on the Guardian side, really what I'll say is that we have a tremendous opportunity. I mean, we're solving real problems in an actionable business today. And I think that's rare in the EV toll landscape. Back to the technology risk ameliorated, the, the regulatory risks in the bag and the market risk in the bag. The, the most important announcement I can make here is that we are hiring like crazy. So please check out our website, guardian.ag, and, and, and join us in this mission. You took the words right out of my mouth, Adam, because I was actually just going to say, what's the best method for people to contact you if they are interested in finding out more about Guardian Ag? But you've just said it with the website, um, so that, that's great. And I'm sure Guardian Ag on sort of um, social media, LinkedIn or, or any any place like that as well? Absolutely, yeah. And if anyone is interested, just feel free to send me a line, adam at guardian.ag. Excellent. Well, Adam, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I think it's been a real refreshing conversation about a really important use case from the terms of EV toll technology as well. Wishing you and the team at Guardian Ag all the very best for the future. We'd love to have you back on for a future episode where we'll uh, hear more about all these exciting developments. But until then, thank you once again for being a great guest. Thank you so much, Jason. It was a real pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to be featured in one of our podcasts or there's something you feel we should be talking about, then please send me an email at editorial at evtollinsights.com. We'll be back soon with another episode, so look out for it on whichever podcast platform you use. Goodbye.